most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Chris Rabon, and I am joined by one of the best fantasy football rankers on the planet, and Sean Kerner. And today. We are going to talk all about the top 12 quarterbacks. If you have not listened to our late round quarterback episode already, we have it up right now. It's featuring none other than Mr. Late Round Quarterback himself, J.J. Zacharyson. So be sure to check that out. Uh, also, be sure to leave us a review on Apple and we will choose our favorite five star review uh, on next week's episode as we've been doing every week. Uh, and you'll get a free year of Action Pro. So you'll get our uh, rankings all season long, uh, all that good stuff. So uh, be sure to leave us a review if you like the pod. But, uh, Sean, what's going on? What's up, bud? Oh, we're getting closer. Training camp's underway. Next week, we get our first preseason game with the Jaguars and Raiders. Are you getting excited or what? I am. I'm also – it's. I feel like good things are happening uh, this offseason. Like a few players that we were kind of concerned about coming into the mm. into camp are look to be doing better than expected. I, I see that Chris Godwin has been cleared. Michael Thomas just came off uh, yeah. the PUP list as well. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of liking this, you know, hasn't been <laughs> as as doom and gloom as some of these uh, camps. Yeah, it helps, you know, taking the guessing game out of it. Um, you know, in like May and June, we're just kind of guessing these guys might be ready by week one, but it's good to start seeing, you know, guys in pads and practicing and uh, getting more clarity on everybody's injury situation. Yeah. Now we just got to hope, knock on wood, that like we don't get a bunch of uh, training camp ACL tears and all that uh, to just I throw mean, everything. Football is a pretty savage <laughs> sport. So I, unfortunately, I think we do have to prepare for things like that. Oh, we're, I'm prepared. I just, I'm just hoping. I mean, we don't, we don't usually get guys that we think are going to be out coming off the PUP. Yeah. It's like two months early. So yeah. it's already been a good sign, but yep. hopefully we keep it up. Hopefully. Um, all right. So yeah, this episode, we're going to run through the top 12 quarterbacks by ADP. We'll be doing this all um all training camp long all preseason long we'll go through each position um we'll have a bunch of guests on as well as we usually do this time of year uh but for this one it's just us we're gonna run through these top 12 with start at the top with josh allen he's going as a qb1 uh 25th overall so usually going in the uh early third rounds uh if you're in a smaller league you could uh, be going a little in, in different spot, but you generally the early third, sometimes the late second. Uh, Sean, uh, Josh Allen. I mean, I, I think I always start with the, the question of just like, what is the earliest you'd take him? I personally don't like to be the first person drafting a quarterback. Um, but this year, you know, Josh Allen could be the exception. He's clearly the number one quarterback. I have him in a tier all by himself. He's finished as a QB one overall the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. I would consider him, you know, a heavy favorite to do it again this year. Um, So realistically, I think once the top 13 to 15 running backs are off the board, the top nine to 10 wideouts, I think, you know, wide receiver 11 through 20 is (laughs) about the same in my projections. Um, So there's a giant tier between uh, between those two tiers. And, uh, you know, the top two tight ends are off the board. I think that's when I'd be okay drafting him. So that's between... 24 and 27 overall, which is right where he's going. Um, if you look, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't too far behind. Uh, it looks like he's going 30th overall, but I have Mahomes all the way down uh, closer to number 55 overall, and he's my QB two. So I just think the market's probably not appreciating the gap between Allen and tier two uh, as much as, you know, I, I would. So I, I think that if there were ever a year uh, to consider taking Allen, uh, or taking AQB first overall, it'd be Allen this year. Um, and, you know, that's going to be round three too. So if you can get solid running back, solid receiver, uh, I guess I'd be okay 
drafting, you know, the first quarterback, but in general, that's not my QB strategy, but I'm just saying Josh Allen could be the exception this year. Yeah. His, his season long props, uh, 4,400 yards, 35 and a half touchdowns, 11 and a half mm-hmm. interceptions. He's also got 550 rushing yards, six and a half TDs. So, um, at, you know, as you can see, those are kind of, um, you know, elite, elite level, uh, props right there for, for a quarterback. But I am curious as to, um, you know, there are tiny little things, you know, when you're spending a premium pick like this, mm-hmm. you got to kind of cover the, the, the pros and the cons of it. So I yeah. think some questions I guess I would have are number one, do you think he, how do you kind of rate his supporting cast? And when I say supporting cast, I mean, not only the, the receivers, but even the, you know, the offensive coaching staff around him, like yep. they did lose Brian Dable. They also lost the manual standards and Cole Beasley. They get um, Jameson Crowder, but now yep. like Davis bumps up one. So that's like the first time that he's really going to be the number two. And then the four is still now it's kind of like, I think it's going to be McKenzie. Who's a little different of a player than a guy like Sanders or even a guy like John Brown and McK- McKenzie's kind of bumping up one. And you got Khalil Shakir, the rookie. So um, any concern there just with maybe a slight drop off in terms of the um, supporting cast? They also got James Cook, which is a, a, yeah. an improvement. Yeah. So uh, first off, you know, last year I was super high on Josh Allen because they brought back the entire coaching staff. I guess they went too far in the playoffs. They, they missed out. Uh, you know, Brian Dable missed out on that hiring season. But with Dable, how dare, gone, you? How dare you say they went too far in the playoffs? They did not go far enough. In the well, yeah, I'm talking about two years ago. <laughs> oh, oh, last year. Oh, I mean, I'm not even trying to uh, provoke those, those memories, that oh, horrific man. night. Um, but no, I was saying two years ago. <laughs> but yeah, so now with Brian Dable gone, that is a slight concern. At least, you know, they're hiring from within. I think Ken Dorsey should keep the offense pretty consistent from what we've seen uh, under Brian Dable. So I think that's going to help. Uh, that, that helps quell my fears a little bit. Uh, and in terms of the surrounding talent again uh, around Josh Allen, I would say it's better this year. Um, obviously, you know, losing Cole Beasley and Manny Sanders doesn't look great. But if you consider the fact that Gabe Davis is going to have more playing time over, you know, Manny Sanders last year, I think that's an upgrade. Uh, you could argue, you know, Jamison Crowder is an upgrade over Cole Beasley. I, I would say that's probably a wash. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this Isaiah McKenzie role in the background, I think having a guy like James Cook potentially, um, you know, take over that role. Definitely helps Josh Allen. I, I think the rookie, Khalil Shakur, I think people are sleeping on him. I think he's he's sneaky as well. So I think they do have these ancillary pieces that, you know, at least one of them uh, could pop off. Uh, and, you know, I, I love Dawson Knox. So I think he still has, you know, legit tight end and Knox. So I, I think the surrounding talent around Allen is probably a little bit better this year, which is hard to believe. So, you know, um, I, I think all consider, I think we should expect Allen to be a little bit better this year. I think we'll also see the same rushing upside. I'd be concerned maybe in two to three years when Allen starts to be more of a pocket passer, he won't have that, you know, elite rushing upside, but I think we're going to get to see that for at least one or two more seasons. Yeah. I I think overall, like it comes down to Allen's, he's kind of going where he should. Um, Not a guy, like I want exposure to him, obviously in best ball. I don't think you need to be drafting a quarterback this early in, in regular drafts. You know, if he, if he drops, Obviously, I think, you know, getting the number one quarterback, you know, below ADP, um, I have no problem with it, but he's not somebody I'm kind of building my draft plan around just because, you know, as UI and JJ talked about, there's there's kind of arbitrage opportunities up and down the board mm-hmm. at quarterback, including guys with that rushing ability. Um, it's not going to be Josh Allen level necessarily, um, but, you know, he, he 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 beat out Brady by about a point, just over a point. Um, in, in terms of finishing mm-hmm. as a quarterback one last year. So it wasn't like a, a massive spread like the way sometimes you see Christian McCaffrey, um, yeah. you know, run, like all the other running backs were like five points per game. Um, so right. Allen did it by about 1.3. So I feel comfortable enough kind of just going with the flow of the draft and not, um, you know, upending things, trying to trying to take a quarterback that early, even though Allen, like you said, he he's deserving of, of going where he's. Yeah, um, I, I like the What you just said, you know, go with the flow. I think quarterback is a position you just let come to you because you kept like you kept having an arbitrage version of every quarterback <laughs> yeah. in the top five later on so that's why you think you have to think about it is don't reach for guys you have to think oh if i don't get this guy i can get this guy who has similar upside later on and then you eventually end up taking daniel jones and jared goff but 
Yeah. Um, I just think that quarterback, it's so easy. And then we have to remember you, you have the big, we're, when we're talking about one QB season long formats, you have the biggest safety net out of all the positions in the waiver wire every given week, you know, you're going to have these QBs that were ranking, you know, 13 to 20. Uh, one of those guys might be inside of my top 12 in the weekly ranking. So it's, it's very easy to stream the position. You don't really have that luxury at any other position. Uh, but I will say when it comes to two QB league, super flex, uh, everything's flipped around and QB is extremely valuable. And then you're going to be taking a guy like Josh Allen in the first round. So it depends on the format. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump to Mahomes. He's QB two. Um, uh, he actually has a higher pass prop than Allen at, at 4650. Uh, his touchdowns are 34 and a half. His interceptions, 10 and a half. Uh, also, the rushing prop is 325 yards. So, um, respecting still pretty good numbers. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you, I think it's interesting that, you know, you mentioned Mahomes as your QB2. I actually have Justin Herbert uh, as my QB2. And the reason is, you know, last season, Mahomes and Herbert essentially put up equal numbers. Like, Herbert had five just over 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 15 picks. Mahomes had uh, just over 4,800 yards 30, and 37 touchdowns and 13 picks. And so they basically put up the same numbers. But Mahomes lost one of the best wide receivers in the game. Yep. Uh, Herbert didn't lose anybody. If anything, you know, maybe, you know, you see Josh Palmer get a little better, take over yeah, that number buddy. three spot. Yeah, <laughs> from, from Jalen Guyton. So, yeah. you know, and, and now that, you know, now Herbert's two years deep into the league, um, we have a little more sample to where we're not just kind of projecting off one season. I know Mahomes still has more, but generally for quarterbacks, you're not going back too, too long because, you know, the, you have a bigger sample more recently. So I actually do have Herbert slightly ahead. So just curious as to kind of what you think of that and why you still have Mahomes as number uh, two and how you expect him to, to play this year and the numbers to be without uh, Tyreek. Yeah, no, that's certainly fair. I think that's why I have, you know, Josh Allen in the tier all by himself, because I think you can argue, uh, you know, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, like you can kind of shuffle those guys in any type of order and I won't really complain about it. So yeah, I have Mahomes just slightly ahead of Herbert, but I take your point and losing Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, is definitely going to hurt Mahomes upside. Mahomes is still arguably the best QB in the game. I mean, he's entering his prime at 27, um, but you know, he's losing Tyreek Hill. We have to factor in that Travis Kelsey, you know, he's turning 33 this year. He's probably on the decline phase of his career, which is still better than, you know, all other tight ends, but still, you know, Kelsey's on the decline. I did like what they did. You know, they had to do what they had to do with Tyreek, but I like the fact that they did bring in multiple receivers to potentially replace, uh, his value. So, you know, Juju Smith Schuster, I still like him. Uh, MVS, I think he can be a good deep threat. And Sky Moore, I think he's an exciting rookie to have. So I think Mahomes still has enough weapons um, to put up QB2 numbers. So, um, yeah, I, I think his ceiling is a bit lower. That's why I wouldn't take him where he is. He's going 35th overall. That is 20 spots higher than I would have it. So while I'm ranking him as the QB2, I think he's just going way too high overall. I think people are still drafting him based on name value. Like I said, he's still a legit quarterback, but just Losing Tyreek Hill is just massive in terms of lowering his ceiling. Yeah, it's the opportunity cost, right? Like, it's nothing against Mahomes. He's right, one of the right. best quarterbacks ever, at, like, already. Um, yeah. But it's just it's, it's just his different when you don't have a guy that can go for, like, 250 and four touchdowns um, in the first half. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. losing that guy is a pretty big deal. And, and when you're talking about Justin Herbert, you know, uh, he had to learn the new scheme under Joe Lombardi last year. So he's going to be ha having continuity, already knowing the scheme. He has the same weapons around him. He still has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and, you know, Austin Eckler at his disposal. Um, so if a guy like Josh Palmer steps up as a good number three wide receiver, great, but he doesn't need that. Mm -hmm. He already has talent around him. Plus, I think, you know, Gerald Everett, um, you know, we like Jared Cook, but Gerald Everett has some upside. He's in the, the prime of his career, so he could have a breakout season. There's just a lot to like surrounding Herbert and it, Herbert as a talent is amazing. And he does have some sneaky rushing upside as well when he wants to tap into that. So absolutely. I think you can make the case that, you know, Herbert and Mahomes are essentially tied uh, at QB two going into the season. Yeah. And I, I just like the fact that, you know, it, 
it's never a huge chance that a wide receiver is going to miss a ton of time. And they're not like running backs, but I, you know, Tyreek Hill missing from Patrick Mahomes is like, even if Herbert lost Keenan Allen, it's a little bit different just because Keenan Allen's not averaging like 20, you know, like 15 yards a catch. It would be rough, but it wouldn't, it's not quite the same numbers wise as, you know, losing a guy like Tyreek Hill. Like it's, it's, Allen is still one of the best receivers in the league. You know, obviously we had that Friedman and I had that legendary argument a few years ago, uh, him versus AJ green. And only one of those guys is still standing. (laughs) But uh, I, I mean, you know, you look at like even last year against the Giants, Keenan Allen was out one game. You know, Herbert still goes 23 or 31, 275, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, you know, he there's he could still it's it's him kind of making everyone else better except Keenan Allen, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's not, you know, when you have a, a number one that's averaging, you know, 11 yards a catch, it's a little easier than and then number one that's that's up there. So um, I, I do like Justin Herbert. Uh, over Mahomes this year, no, no issue with Mahomes on the field. And you know, I think, yeah, I, I think it's just for fantasy. The opportunity cost is too great. And I'm not, I'm not running out to draft Herbert either. Right, I, I, I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, it's it. They're just. I don't really want a quarterback that that early. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of why we also you know wanted to get the the, the late round episode with JJ out first because it's like these these top quarterbacks. It's like every year we say the same thing. We're like, I mean, I guess they're fine being drafted where they are, but I don't really. I'm not really running out to draft them. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I guess the only, the only downside I can come up with for Herbert is uh, this defense could take a huge leap mm-hmm. forward. I mean, they have Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack, uh, JC Jackson, if Derwin James stays healthy, I mean, they could be playing with the lead a ton and you know, they won't have to pass as much, but either way he's in the AFC West. So they're going to be in some shootouts, but my only concern is this Chargers team might be pretty good. So they might have to dial back the passing a bit, but that, like there's no other downside. Uh, to Herbert. Yeah. And their, and their best running back is like probably a better pass catcher than he yeah. is a runner. So they could just use that. It, it, Herbert yeah. still gets the credit, but uh, no point taken. Uh, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, they had similar stats and everyone's still kind of going Mahomes over Herbert. I, oh, they're definitely the, closer than the public yeah. realizes. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And Herbert, he's going uh, QB three, about 37th overall, by the way, but uh, we talked about him. So let's jump to, uh, Lamar Jackson, he's in the QB4 spot in ADP going 49th overall. So started a fifth round in your uh, conventional 12-team league. Um, first of all, I mean, just the loss of Marquise Brown, uh, do you, like do, when, when that happened, I know Brown wasn't really – his numbers didn't really match the player, I guess is what I'll say. I know he dropped like the three-long touchdown or last mm-hmm. year against Detroit, but – in general, I mean, he wasn't a guy, he's another guy, like he wasn't necessarily putting up those like, you know, 15 yards a catch type of seasons. Um, so, I mean, how did you kind of account for his departure in terms of Lamar Jack's passing stats? Did they, did they change much at all in terms of your projections? Oh yeah. Yeah. I lowered them quite a bit. Um, and I just think the Ravens are going to be more run heavy this year. Um, when you look at, you know, adjusted games lost due to injury last year, the Ravens were just far and away the worst team in terms of injury luck. So I think they're going to be a lot better this year, play with more positive game scripts. So Lamar won't have to throw as much. Uh, they get both running backs uh, that missed last season healthy this year with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. So if anything, I think Lamar's going to run more. So that his fantasy value is still intact. I still think he's a top four quarterback. is a very high floor. But I think losing Marquise Brown does – I don't think we're ever going to see Lamar's 2019 type of upside. Uh, so – I rather wait and get Jalen Hurts, who just got AJ Brown uh, a couple rounds later. Um, so I think we can still bank on Lamar to to run it a ton. Um, but yeah, just looking behind Rashad Bateman, and we, we have to assume Rashad Bateman is going to make a pretty big year to leap. But behind Bateman, I mean, it's pretty nasty. He doesn't really have a number two weapon behind Bateman. So if either Bateman or Mark Andrews misses time, that's going to really hurt Lamar Jackson. So I think that. What trading away Marquise Brown definitely lowers uh, Lamar's ceiling. Hey, don't don't disrespect James Prochet like that. Uh, we got that bet going. I know. Uh, what is it? 49 and a half receptions? We have. Yeah, you have over. I have under <laughs> 49 and a half. Let's do it. Somebody's <laughs> got to catch balls. <laughs> in this I'm surprised. that I thought they, they were maybe going to sign a Julio guy. Uh, maybe Will Fuller just sit on the IR all year. But I'm surprised they haven't signed uh, a free agent wide receiver. So it really does look like they're going this season with Duvernay and Prochet. And uh, Tylen Walls dialing it up for the number two. 
Yeah, I mean, everyone knows you got to let the Bucks poach every like good free agent <laughs> first, and then you choose from like the yeah. leftovers. So maybe they get like a Manny Sanders or yeah, or, that would that would like. To be honest, that would definitely help Lamar John, in my projection. John Brown. Look <laughs> at John Brown. Oh, man. Is he still around? Uh, he's somewhere. I don't think he's in too good of playing shape these days. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, tough. He just, he just hasn't seemed to be able to crack a, crack a or, roster lately. Cole, Cole Beasley, where the hell is he? Yeah. There's some decent free agents out there. Let's Cole Beasley. Put it that way. Cole Beasley seems like another guy that's going to sign with Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, it is, it's tough. I, I think there's, it's another, it's a situation where, um, you know, the, the running's always going to be there. So I don't think you, you can always be so concerned about Lamar though. For the first time, you know, we started to see him that, that running really catch up to him last year and he, he, he you know, he yeah. missed games. Yep. Um, so I, you know, I, I think, is he, should he still be in that number four spot? I, I think so. But I think we have to have tempered expectations. I mean, even if you look at his season-long props, you know, 3,650 yards passing, 24 and a half touchdowns, um, you know, that's nothing crazy through the air, but he's still, you know, 900 rushing yards, six and a half rushing touchdowns. I think the touchdowns are a little high, but I do expect him to run for, you know, in that, in that eight, nine, a thousand yard range. How many um, projected passing yards do you have for him? Let's see. Because I have uh, 3,000. 590. So I'm just barely under the uh, prop. I have 3623. Okay. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm 20, I'm about 25 yards under the prop. You're about, about what, 75 or something? 60? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I will say he does have a lower floor. Just given how much he runs, he is more prone to injury um, compared to like a Brady that's just going to stay in the pocket the entire time. And I will say we, we've talked about it, but it was interesting to see how. Uh, when Tyler Huntley was filling in for Lamar Jackson, actually helped <laughs> guys like Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. So that was interesting to note. Um, where if if Lamar does go down, they still have Tyler Huntley there. Uh, guys like um, you know Bateman and Mark Andrews should should be able to to stay in fancy value. Yeah, I think you know it, 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 that's a good point. I think what happened what was going on with Huntley. Um, I, I think it was a reflection of not just Lamar Jackson, but also Greg Roman. Like we. Mm-hmm. I've given Greg Roman a lot of credit. I've been impressed with what he's done over the years with, with guys like, um, you know, Tyler Tyron, Taylor. Right? Yeah. Um, I believe, I'm, I'm not sure if he, had, I think he had Kaepernick at one point too. Um, I think he was there in San Francisco. Yeah, I think it was briefly. Yeah. yeah um, but he, he's always done a good job, especially with these mm-hmm. um, building offenses around these mobile quarterbacks. However, last year, I didn't think it was his best work. I, I thought, <laughs> I thought they defenses at one point in the year, I think it was around that, maybe week six, seven at Miami game. If you remember on, um, uh, it was a primetime game. May have been a Thursday night game, but um, I just remember Miami like zero blitzing and the Ravens had no answer. And that's not supposed to be the case. Like you're not supposed to be able to play man coverage against a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson that efficiently. Like, and so now the receiving core is worse. So, I mean, you got to hope that Greg Roman figures something out. And I know part of it is just, you know, Lamar's limitations as a passer as well. But, um, you know, I, I think the league's kind of catching on to Lamar a little bit. It, it kind of bears out if you look at his statistics, you know, since that MVP year, his touchdown rate went from 9% to 6.9% in 2020 uh, to 4.2% last year. So dropping massively each year. And then the interception rate, 1.5% in his MVP season. 2.4% in 2020, 3.4% last year. So like there's a clear just downward trend in his in his production, his QBR 83 to 67 yeah. to 50 uh over the last three years. So uh I, I think it's I think it, I think it's like cliche to say, but defenses are starting to figure out not not how to stop him in this offense, but contain it at least. Uh, yeah, well, to be fair, last year they did lose their starting running back and the backup, and they, you know, they're rotating guys in like Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Javante Freeman, like all the classics, right? So I'm not it, buying for, that. I'm not for, buying for, that. This, this offense is built on running on running the ball. They're supposed to be able to, but they're supposed to be able to just uh, if, you know you cycle lose, in different backs. The back is not supposed to matter. Well, yeah, Lamar no, is I, the back. I I would agree with that, but it, I think it does help having a guy like J.K. Dobbins. Even though I'm not drafting him any of my drafts, uh, I still like him as a talent. So I think getting a guy like that back in an extreme run-heavy offense uh, will certainly help. 
J.K. Dobbins had the pump fake. Like he was the guy that we thought we, we were going to get like the good news on. And then he's like, yeah, I'm certainly I'll certainly be ready for week one. And then, of course, he's one of the, the, the players that does land on right. the PUP. And uh, we don't know when he's coming off. So uh, hopefully J.K. gets healthy. But I, yeah, we don't want to see Mike Davis as a starting <laughs> running back. We do not want to see that. Free, free Tyler Beatty. Free Tyler Beatty. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I I just think I just think the week's catching on. Him. I don't I don't think it yeah. was a. Uh, I mean, I you know I could be wrong on that, but from what I, what I saw, I just think, um, you know, these defenses starting to figure it yeah. out. We also got to remember, and um, this is kind of getting into it with kind of the projection side a little more, but mm-hmm. um, you know, any numbers you look at from two years ago, you have to keep in mind that the league averages across the board for offense were up because of the pandemic and. There were no fans in the stands and that really helped the offense. So like across the board, like passing numbers decreased last year, whether it was touchdown rate went down, mm-hmm. interception rate went up, uh, passing yards per game went down about 12 yards or so. Um, so just little things like that also to keep in mind, if you're like expecting a guy to bounce back to let's say 2020 levels, um, mm-hmm. even um, the league averages across the board are a little higher. So um, that, that's another thing, but uh Tyler, Let's, Kyler, I mean, anything, anything been going on with Kyler lately? I haven't been. Uh... He got paid, right? <laughs> my, did he ever? Um, <laughs> so here's my question to you. Yeah. Over under, over yeah. under four and a half hours of film per week for Kyler Murray in 2022. Under. Independent. Because, independent study. That is. Under, because he's required <laughs> for four hours, right? So he'll stop right at four. So under. Oh man, Tyler's the clock out. He's the guy that clocks out yeah. on the dot. <laughs> yeah, why not? Right. If they, I'm assuming the fact that they had to put that in means they they oh, are expecting man. to get the bare minimum. Um. So I'm gonna. What, what do I get for four exactly? Like two to one odds? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, you, you get <laughs> if he get if he does four exactly every week, you get you get like plus you know plus. You got okay. like 50 to one if he's on the dot for nothing. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to take all, as soon as he re- meets his requirement, he's done. <laughs> I mean, he's got like, to go spend that money, right? I just think that's a that's a wild contractor incentive. I yeah. mean, although I, I, I do see both sides because I see, you know, one side is saying like, especially by making it public, like everyone's it's going to be a distraction. But at the same time, I think like there was no way they couldn't pay him. Right. So it was just kind of a subtle way to hold him accountable. You know, like, because everyone is going to ask about it, right? It's like, and if he does have bad games, the last thing he's going to want to do is answer to, like, you know, how much film you've been watching. So, like, it might work. It just might work. Yeah. Um, But uh, as far as his on the field, you know, fantasy performance and and projections, um, you know, he's kind of, he's a QB5. He's going 59th overall um, on average, although I, I don't, quite understand how because i'm using a fantasy pros number and they say he's going 59th but burrow's 53 but burrow's qb6 so i don't know yeah i noticed that too error in their numbers or what if it's i think it may be supposed to be uh flip-flopped but either way howard murray's (laughs) going in in the middle of the fifth round um how you know where does he kind of fit into your to your draft plan yeah so i mean he's the cheapest of this you know tier two qbs who have you know qb1 overall upside so i think that if he were to fall far enough i would consider him um either way i mean we got jalen hurts coming up i'd rather (laughs) just wait for him but we we have yet to see him put it all together for 16 17 games so um he he needs to prove it usually we get you know all-star kyler in the first half and then he falls apart uh in the second half um you know he's going to be without deandre hopkins in the first six games so that's going to sting a bit but once he returns I mean, he's going to have the best supporting cast in his career with Marquise Brown there. We just talked about Lamar losing Marquise Brown. Kyler gets Marquise Brown. Um, he'll have Zach Ertz the entire season, which I think will help. Um, plus, you know, having a guy like Marquise Brown potentially adding a vertical threat to this offense where it was much needed uh, can open things up for, you know, like Zach Ertz over the middle of the field or even, you know, potential year two breakout, Rondell Moore. So I think if um, if everything goes well, I think Kyler's going to have the best supporting cast. We already know he has massive rushing upside so i i kind of like him out, out of all these tier two guys just considering he's the cheapest um i think he's offering the most value and how do you how do you think that is going to affect him just the loss of um hopkins for those first six games i mean hopkins is already i will say this like hopkins is great and i, I think his madden rating is a little too high i think it was like 96 
No yeah. disrespect to the man. Yeah. Like Hopkins has been nasty doing this for like what eight years now. But I thought, you know, just looking at some of his underlying metrics, that's how you know. I know you and I, you can, you can, we like to look at like the per route statistics and things like that. There was some drop off. So he's not. I don't think he's at his peak anymore. Um, but how do you still? That's obviously a big loss. How do you think that that affects Kyler for those first six weeks? Yeah, I think it'll definitely affect them that like i said once he comes back you know he's going to have an all-star cast around him i think he has enough weapons around him to survive the first six games plus R- kyler has rushing upside right so if people aren't open he could just scramble and you know run for it so i think the fact that they brought in marquise brown really helps the fact that they're um, going to be without hopkins and like you said i think hopkins he's definitely in the decline phase of his career i think you mentioned maybe he's aware of that that's why he started popping peds <laughs> but um yeah, I think just Hopkins is still, you know, an elite talent. So having a guy like that around um, will make everybody else around him better. So that's that's why I can't wait for Hopkins uh, to return, because I, I still believe in a guy like Rondell Moore. I, I don't know if I would draft him in fantasy, but certainly having a gadget player like that can, you know, help Kyler, Kyler uh, long term. So uh, I just like the way this offense is setting up. But yeah, the first six weeks, it's going to be a little bit tougher, but he has enough talent there uh, to survive. And I didn't even mention it, but uh aj green is still there i guess um is he? so yeah is? yeah he's still Wait, standing really? you said you said he's not standing he's standing but it might be more <laughs> of a lean but um you know he's just, he's dope the first lean. six weeks maybe we can squeeze something out of aj green uh and then he won't be needed as much but um that like i said they just have a ton of talent there even without hopkins so i think he should be okay the first six six weeks i think i had a dream that aj green did not make this roster <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I don't, for some reason in my head, AJ Green's just not on the team. Um, but I, I will say this, like, you know, you already gave kind of the, the pros for Kyler Murray. So I'll give the cons so we can just arbitrage our way to Jared Goff. Uh, oh, <laughs> but, wow. but, but no, I mean, I just got to knock down all these quarterbacks, you know, yeah. so he can, well, I no, think but, like Daniel Jones would be the arbitrage. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 Jared Goff joking. is completely I'm different. joking. I, I did just draft Daniel Jones at, and on best ball team at like 4 a.m. And I was pretty happy about it. I got nice. Daniel Jones and, and Justin Fields. Um, but uh, with that said, um, last year, Kyra Murray in his, in the games without DeAndre Hopkins, his passing yards per game dropped from 278 to 251. Uh, his passing touchdowns per game dropped from two per game to 1.25 per game. His yards per attempt dropped from 8.1 to 6.0. Uh, so pretty big drop off there and then if you just look back you know Kyra's started in 2019 Hopkins came in 2020 so he has about a pretty equal sample of of playing with Hopkins and without Um, if you look at his rookie year and then the time he missed last year 26 games with Hopkins he averages 260 passing yards per game 1.8 touchdowns uh, and 7.6 yards per attempt in 20 games without Hopkins those dropped to just 236 yards per game, 1.3 passing touchdowns per game, and 6.8 yards per attempt. So there is a pretty massive drop-off um, with and without Hopkins. And I know, yes, they got Marquise Brown to kind of quell some of that. But remember, Marquise Brown is really replacing Christian Kirk, who played extremely well and has been there all of Kyra's time and, and played really well last year. So like, I do think there is going to be um, some drop off in Kyler's numbers, especially for those first six weeks. I don't think it's going to be enough to like knock him out of that top eight or, or anything like that. But, you know, just in terms of like we talked about with Josh Allen, like, I think you really want everything to be in place to spend yeah. a pick this high on quarterback. So like if I could start poking holes in these guys at the top and then there's players like, a Jalen Hurts, like you, you keep mentioning, who I love as well, going a little bit later yep. with a similar profile. I think that's how you kind of have to build your draft plan around. Okay, you know, in an ideal scenario, um, while I respect Josh Allen, I respect Lamar, I respect Kyler, I can get a Jalen Hurts. If I miss on a Jalen Hurts, I can get a Trey Lance. If I miss on Trey Lance, hey, it's not the end of the world. Like I can still get a Justin Fields. I can, you know, if I'm, re- if I, I can punt it completely and just stream it and you, you you mentioned you usually get like qb8 um you know on average streaming for, yep. for a full season so it's like once you get you know once you drop a little past kyler um now you're almost at that streaming level where if things don't go right so it's just 
you know, it, it's one of those things where um, nothing against Kyra necessarily, except the fact that I, I do think his passing numbers will struggle. And I mean, I don't love the fact that he just got paid and that he we just found out he doesn't watch film. Like, I don't it's not my favorite piece of information. <laughs> if I'm drafting a quarterback right. round, I will say that as well. So. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how and you going. just you have to look at the players that you're passing up that are going around Kyler Murray and you have guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, A.J. Dillon, who I love. So you're just passing up players in that range that I would like to build my team around. Whereas Jalen Hurts, you have guys like I know you like him, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I don't like Clyde Edwards. Like Miles him. Sanders. Okay, I, not, I, I just bet. I just spent but a whole like, props episode betting their unders. <laughs> I would much rather have. Don't voice Clyde Edwards. I, I would much rather have like an AJ <laughs> Dillon and Jalen Hurts than I would Miles Sanders and Kyler Murray. So you just have to factor in the guys that you're passing up also when you're taking these quarterbacks uh, yeah. pretty early. Uh, all right. Joe Burrow. Uh, I think, you know. The big question for me is, can he be consistent? Because it was like half the time, or not half the time, but he's, he's like throwing for 400 yards. Uh, but other times it's like, uh, you know, a quiet 270. Um, so, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think as far as his consistency? Because he's now kind of broken into these, like he's the guy that we're taking if we don't get one of these premier mobile quarterbacks, or at least that the market is taking. Like, I, right, I, right. Jaylen, I have Jalen Hurts QB6. Um, I think you do as well. But Joe Burrow is the QB six across the land. Um, So what do you think is consistency? Uh, I think he can be consistent. I think having, you know, arguably the most improved offensive line Mm -hmm. heading into the season should absolutely help with that consistency. Um, And, you know, towards the end of last year, you said, you know, he was throwing 300, 400. He was doing that every game towards the end of last season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, almost every metric starting in week 16, I think it was, heading into the playoffs. He was uh, the number one quarterback in almost every metric I was looking at. That's why I was backing the Bengals all the way through the playoffs. Um, So I think he has definitely turned the corner, and he's established himself as one of the elite quarterbacks in the league already. So I think that uh, we're going to see more consistency this year. He's, you know, he has one of the best wide receiver trios in the game. And I think Hayden Hurst, I I think he could be an upgrade over C.J. Uzoma. We have to remember, Hurst was a first-round talent. He was almost... He was non-existent last year because he was backing up a generational talent in Kyle Pitts. Um, so I, I just love the surrounding talent around Burrow. That's why, yeah, I agree. I, I'm probably not drafting him QB6. That's where I'm taking Jalen Hurts. But like, I, I think the way you invest in Joe Burrow is through the pass catchers. So I'm all about you know drafting Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, obviously, uh, Tyler Boyd later on, and then Hayden Hurst in you know, deeper league. So I think you still want to invest in Burrow, but not, you know, by taking him early in the draft at QB6. Yeah, like that's how I'm kind of like, I, I feel like Joe Burrow is at that top tier of, you know, after you get past the the mobile quarterbacks, but, you know, we can still get Jalen Hurts. We can, there's still Trey Lance even now that we have a little more clarity of Kyle Shanahan straight up saying like, this is his team. <laughs> yeah. This is like, you know, Jimmy G is, he's speaking out about him in past tense, which is pretty savage. Um, So... Yeah, so like Burrow's still at that top of that. Like I, I think it's fair to take him over Dak Prescott, who's the QB seven in ADP, mm-hmm. going sixty fifth overall. Um, but and um, but I, I just don't, I, I don't really see taking him over Hurts necessary, just because I think you you do want that that mobile ability, and I, you could even make an argument for Trey Lance. It's just that we haven't seen him, but um, you know, haven't seen him do it for for a season. You could also get Hertz. Trey Lance way later. That's the point. That's yeah. my point. But I mean, exactly. even in just raw rankings, like if you want to yeah. put, you know, a little projection, it doesn't mm-hmm. take much for these guys that are going to run, yeah. you know, uh, to, to kind of surpass some of these guys that aren't really running a lot. That is what I'm trying to say. But yeah. certainly I think Burrow deserves to go over Prescott. Um, and the season long props kind of bear that out. Burrow's at 44.50 with 34 and a half touchdowns. Uh, Prescott, 43.50 with 31 and a half touchdowns. And I, I do have a little bit of a split there, too. Um, but, uh, Dak is the QB seven. I, I think, especially with this Julio Jones news, I would, I would put Brady above Dak at this point. Uh-huh. Um, what, but what are you, you know, thinking of Dak this year? He lost Cooper, lost Wilson. We'll see what's up with Gallup. They do have Jalen Tolbert coming in as a rookie, but, uh, uh, what are your thoughts on Prescott? Yeah. So I already had Brady ahead of Dak. So the Julio Jones is nice. Uh, but you know, Brady's already ahead of him and same thing with, Jalen Hurts. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be taking Dak with 
either Hurts or Brady on the board, which is most drafts. So I think losing Amari Cooper definitely hurts. Um, this is sort of the downfall of that, you know, awful contract they signed Zeke to. Um, and, you know, Michael Gallup, he might miss week one. We don't know yet. So, you know, being without Cooper or Gallup week one is going to sting a bit. Uh, either way, you know, this this offense should be still one of the top in the NFL. Um, and, you know, Dak will still, you know, he's probably a lock to be a top 10 quarterback. But still, I, I just don't see the reason to to draft him this high, especially since ever since his, you know, uh, season-ending injury in 2020, um, he's definitely lost that rushing upside that, you know, I used to like that he had. You know, we can count on him to get four to five rushing touchdowns a season. I think that's gone. I don't think we're going to see that version of Dak again. So he does lack that ceiling. And not having Cooper there um, will certainly hurt. But I, I'm excited to see C.D. Lamb be the unquestioned number one target in this offense. Um, so that's going to help a bit, but yeah, just, you can't lose a guy like Amari Cooper and, you know, be able to replace him. So I think, you know, Dak ceiling definitely takes a hit from that. Yeah. Career low 3.0 attempts per game, rushing career low 9.1 yards per game, rushing career low 3.0 yards per attempt rushing and career low one rushing touchdown uh, in 16 games started yep. for Dallas last year. So um, that's yeah, that's a little bit of an issue. That's why, um, you know, Dak still still a great quarterback, but fair to expect uh, a little bit of regression without without Cooper, without potentially Gallup, you know, integrating uh, a rookie uh, who's not as talented as like CeeDee Lamb, obviously. Although I do like Tolbert. Right. I think I think yeah, that's a yeah. sweeper pick if uh, in your best ball weeks. Um, OK. Jalen Hurts, this is now the main event. Now we're here. <laughs> This is what the podcast is about. I mean, you mentioned guys with QB1 overall upside. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think he has it. I mean, it would probably take a, an in, a injury or two at the top there. But um, certainly profile-wise, he's got it. And then yep. now he's got A.J. Brown. So, I mean, does that mean the volume is going to go? Because, like, that's what I did, I think. You know, I don't know about you, but when I saw that A.J. Brown acquisition, I was like, okay, like, they're going to be a little bit more pass heavy now. Like, is that kind of the, the, the thought you had too? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's definitely a sign. If it's not, then I don't know what they're doing. Uh, but either way, you know, it's going to help Hertz efficiency tremendously. Look what happened with Ryan Tannehill uh, when he got AJ Brown. So I just love it. I, and I remember we were poking holes in Kyler Murray. I still love Kyler Murray in the top five, but we can poke holes in his fantasy value. I can't do it with Jalen Hurts. There's nothing about him that I can poke holes about other than the occasional bad pass, but we don't care about that in fantasy. Um, last year without AJ Brown, uh, he finished as a top 12 quarterback, 73% of his starts, which is the highest rate of all quarterbacks. And that's before he gets AJ Brown. So the ceiling for him is massive. You mentioned, you know, he has QB one overall upside. I think if we were setting a market on, you know, who will finish as QB one, uh, the favorite would obviously be Josh Allen. And number two has to be Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, Mahomes, Herbert especially, uh, Lamar, Tyler, they probably have a higher floor. Like, they're, they're more likely to finish top five than Hurts. But Hurts definitely has the highest ceiling out of those guys. So, you know, I, I love the fact that you can potentially get the QB1 overall at, what, QB8, I think he's going right now. Uh, it just it's too good to pass up. And by getting him QBA at that part in the draft, that's when your your roster is starting to get established. You probably have a couple running backs, a couple receivers. Like I love the roster construction that I get when I target Hertz um around QBA. Yeah. And to be clear, like, because we want these episodes to kind of, you know, be able to to carry people, um, especially at quarterback, you know, through through draft season. Um, and so like even if he was QB six, like, you know, if ADP kind of sharpened up a little bit, like you would have no problem with him at QB six, right? Oh no. Yeah, no, I would take him like in a vacuum. I would take him QB four, three or four in mm -hmm. a vacuum. But the fact that you don't have to, that's why I wait until around QB six. You can usually tell uh, when it's time to take Jalen hurts. And we, we've talked about AJ Brown, but we have to remember Devontae Smith mm -hmm. is entering year two. I think he's going to be amazing as a complimentary receiver. Yeah. Uh, and then we don't have, I, I love Zach Hurts, but I, I like Dallas Goddard even more. So just having Dallas Goddard as the week one starting tight end, I think also helps uh, Hurts upside. So just, I love the talent around Hurts. And yeah, he's not the best passing quarterback, 
but he just has that massive rushing upside that will go with, I think, an improved, you know, supporting cast. Uh, I, the sky's the limit for him. And just so to put it into context with, with some numbers, because, you know, I think most people would say, okay, Lamar Jackson, QB4, he has that QB1 overall upside, right? Like, if you just look yeah, at yeah, forget, it. Oh, sorry. I mean, uh, over, over hurts, though. No, no, I, this is what I'm getting at. I'm gonna, yeah, I was, oh, okay. I was gonna say, you know, most people, the market puts Lamar Jackson at QB four, right? Yeah, Jalen Hurts in 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 his in the season long prop market, which I think similar to our projections as well. But Jalen Hurts same number of passing yards, same number of total touchdowns, mm-hmm. with more rushing, so actually more points than fantasy projected for Jalen Hurts with his touchdowns than Lamar. The only di- less fewer interceptions. The only difference is Lamar has. Uh, about 175 projected rushing yards more. So it's just about a point per game. Um, but remember, Hertz is, aver- is uh, you know, his props would suggest kind of more points throughout the other aspects. So there's really no difference is what I'm trying <laughs> to say between Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts just in terms of the projections now. Um, and, you, and most people would argue that Lamar Jackson at QB4 has that QB1 upside. So... That's what I'm saying is like, why not Jalen Hurts? Like, it's not hey, really a difference. You're preaching to the choir here. And I will say, Hurts has uh, two more projected rushing touchdowns, which are more yeah, valuable. That's than what I'm saying. Touch. Yeah. And yes. Lamar Jackson's six and a half rushing touch- touchdowns is too hot. It's too damn high, right? Yeah. You attack the under. So I'm just saying the six and a half projected touchdowns for Lamar on the ground is too high. It should be closer to, you know, five, five and a half. Exactly. So. so yeah, that's that's why we like Jalen Hurts here. And that's why this is where we're starting to get into, you know, if we're, we're not going to completely put the quarterback position, I yeah. think this is the sweet spot. It's like once you start going to QB8 Jalen Hurts, QB9, Tom Brady, love him. I yeah. mean, I like I, I would say this, like it looked a little shaky when Gronk retired and Godwin, <laughs> you know, we didn't know if he was going to be ready. Now, all of a sudden, it's like the only because like Russell Gage, like can can. Can, can kind of fill in in terms of like he's not Gronk, but he can still get like you know three four catches a game, which is what kind of what Gronk was doing. Now you have Julio Jones in that third spot, who like it's like you're really all you're gonna do is maybe create a more wide open offense where there's even less tight ends on the field, uh, which which is which <laughs> yeah. means Brady's yards per completion could go up. So like I'm I'm right back on the Brady train. I think I think you could make an argument for him over Joe Burrow as well. Definitely over he should be going over Dak. I think yeah, uh Bar no, he should be going over Dak. You yep. could make an uh, argument that he should be going over Burrow. I mean, the volume should still be there. It, it, the offense could be even more wide open. And he already he beat out Burrow last year. You know, it's like so getting Brady at QB9, if Hertz is off the board, like that's the one pocket passer that I I I still would legitimately be excited to get where he's going, um, you know, potential MVP candidate, even at, at yeah. age 45. So I, I'm loving me some Tom Brady with this Julio Jones edition. Um, yeah. And it sounds, it sounds promising that Chris Godwin might be ready for week one. That yeah. that was a concern that I had too. That's so big. a lot of good news uh, for Brady. The, the only, the hidden concern that I have is uh, Ali Marpet retired. Um, <laughs> so the offensive line might be, you know, not as good as last year. People might overlook that a bit, but, Either way, the, the Julio edition was great. Although I, I'm not going to lie, he did look, you know, a little bit washed last year. So I'm just going to throw that out there. But I think just being, you know, the number three or number four receiver on a team, Dev Julio Jones is the number three or number four is massive. So I love the depth at receiver. I saw you made a tweet yesterday that they only ran uh, four wide, what, like 1% of the time last year? Uh, yeah, 1.8 snaps. I, I put it in snaps oh, just so people whoops. can understand it a little better. Yeah, 1.8 snaps. The league leader is Arizona, close to 10 snaps per game. So, like, four wide is something you can't, like, four plus, four or five. Um, yeah. It's it's hard to do consistently in the NFL. But, like, there's the upside to, like, to get to, like, nine, ten snaps per game of four wide. And, and, and you know, if, if they want to. And I can't imagine as long as those four, top four are healthy. Because, remember, Brady, like, recruited Russell Gage to come here. Like, this is yeah. not – Russell Gage, they think highly of Russell Gage. Um, I know. do too. Yeah, I, I mean, I no, love he's, especially as your number four. Like that's he's that, like that's, a he's like a quiet, mellow Antonio Brown. Just <laughs> he's gonna get it done, you know. Yeah. Um, and and they're, they you know they lost Gronk, OJ Howard, so probably less two tight end sets. I would imagine. Yeah. So I would love for them to run more four wide formations. Yeah. Um. And and like let's say I, I will say this about Julio. You know, 
I'm usually the first guy to call out these big, <laughs> big washed old dudes at wide receiver. Yeah, I, I don't think he's quite washed. I, he's obviously yeah. in the decline phase. Like, I think that's a better way to put it. Like his yard, uh, his targets per route run 19% last year, career low. But yeah. um, I, I have you seen that man in the arena, um, Tom Brady show by any chance? It's the, Some of uh, it. Some of so it. there's one episode where um, they, they interview Randy Moss. It's the year that they got Moss the year they, the, the Giants beat him in the Super Bowl and they had the near perfect season. But Randy Moss was like, yo, like, even I thought I was washed. And then I, I teamed oh. up with Tom Brady. True. So it's like, that, yeah, that's it's like, don't, don't un- underestimate the fact that Julio Jones is going to be the number. Like he was a number two target for Tennessee last year. And AJ Brown was in and out of the lineup. Like he's going to be the number three in the defensive right. priority list yeah. on when you're defending Tampa Bay. This is the best Crazy. coverage he's ever going to have with the best quarterback he's ever going to have. So like, I'm not running out to draft Julio Jones like, you know, as like a wide receiver two or anything like that. But I will say like in terms of real football and its impact on Tom Brady's efficiency, like this is this, it's still a, a great addition. It's not quite Antonio Brown, but it's yeah. kind of, it's the best case scenario in terms of the wide receivers on the market Tampa Bay could have gotten, especially when you consider like Odell is probably going to miss half the year, if not more. Um, so like, yeah, I, I think this is, Tom Brady, I mean, what else does a guy have to do? Like, he never slows down. He was QB2 last year. He's still got it at, what, was he turning 45 this year? Yeah. But I have seen no signs of decline in Brady. But I will say with Julio, you have to be careful because it goes pretty fast. I mean, we're A.J. Green is the butt of every analyst joke these days. And I mean, he was, you know, elite just a few seasons Man, ago. So it, it can go. Saw fast. that coming. Saw that. That's, saw that well, coming. yeah, you, to be fair, you did. But. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, personally, I'm always like, if, if anyone who's followed me, you know, since I kind of came into the game, maybe, you know, 10, 10 or so years ago, like, I always like, it was like Andre Johnson, like all these guys, it's like, you can just kind of tell. I just, I, I could be wrong or Julio could just fall off really quickly this year, but I just don't see the same kind of drop off with Julio. I, just, I think it was more to do. Obviously, the injuries are going to be a concern. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but got to stay on the field. Right. But, but I don't see like AJ Green like played and was just terrible. <laughs> like, I, I just yeah. think Julio is just kind of like if, as long as he's in the game, getting single coverage, getting passes from Tom Brady. Like, I think I think he'll be fine, at least for this year. Yeah. I think he, I think he's got it in him. Yeah, I thought um, it, I thought it was a great ad. Um, yeah. Kyle, what do you think of Kyle Rudolph? <laughs> I, I'm not buying I, I know this is not a tight end problem, but I'm not buying. But this uh, is this is all part of Tom Brady. Yeah. Like I am worried about their tight end depth still. I, I'm not at all. I think I think Kyle Rudolph was also kind of the best case scenario they could have gotten. It, he's not great, but best right. guy to kind of because like they needed a blocking guy more so to replace Gronk. Like like at this stage, um, I, I think Cameron Brace the better receiver, and I'm not buying that Kyle Rudolph just is the Gronk role and like. Cameron no Brate's the number two again. Like, yeah. I think Cameron Brate's still going to get more routes than Kyle Rudolph. So, um, I, I like it. I think you have, you still, Cam Brate, reds, 20 red zone targets last year. They trust him in a red zone. Kyle Rudolph can catch a pass, the, the odd pass here or there if, they, if he's in the game. And you have four, a very solid, uh, very solid depth at receiving. And then Leonard Fournette proved his worth as a pass catcher last year yep. um, as well. So, I mean... And now you don't have Ronald Jones in there. So like that, you're always going to have a, a pass catcher on the field if you need it. Like, I, I just think, I think things are set up well for Brady. Once again, I, I, maybe the offensive line takes a tiny step back, but not enough. Brady's just too quick getting rid of the ball for like True. A, a, an interior lineman's departure to, to ruin the offense. That is the type, kind of pressure that does throw Brady it off, is, up it the is. middle. But yeah, yeah I, I think long-term it's not the end of the world, but I'm just saying it's people are overlooking it just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's like it, it's it's some it's one thing. There's a lot of good. The good outweighs the bad. Yes. I, I would. I think it's no, love Brady at QB nine right now. QB yeah, nine. That's, that's like, a steal. He's a fallback plan if Hurts is off the board and Brady's there. He's a backup plan. Yeah, so. I, I'll take the I'll take the the last like you know rush mobile quarterback of of the top eight. And if uh, as a consolation prize, I'll take the guy who finishes QB two without running at all. Like I, yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> um. Yeah, Russell Wilson, QB10. Uh, my, my question for you with him is, you mentioned it with Dak, but are we seeing the same thing with Russ? Career low 3.1 carries per game last year. Uh, career low 13.1 rushing yards per game last year. 
product of the injury or are we also seeing kind of, especially now that Russ has like actually gotten an injury and might've been like shell shocked by that. Like, do we see the rushing production? Is it gone for good? Is it gone for good? Well, to be Russ had a finger injury, right? So yeah, <laughs> but like, you don't want to get like, hit. Dak, I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, like Dak, that was a career changing injury. Um, same thing with Burrow. I think Burrow had some sneaky rushing upside, but after he tore his ACL, that's pretty much gone. I don't think Russ was necessarily an injury that changed it. He's just getting old, man. It sucks getting old. So now that he's 33, we typically see quarterbacks, you know, they dial it back when it comes to running the football. So I just think he he rather just throw it uh, than roll out and take a hit. I think that's more of a personal choice. And I, I would expect that to continue. I don't think uh, we're going to see him have a resurgence running the ball, um, especially since I think that, um, you know, he's leaving Seattle where he had two elite pass catchers and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, I don't know if going to Denver is really a big upgrade for him at all. They, they certainly have more depth at receiver with Sutton, Judy, Patrick, Hamler. But I, I don't really see this as an upgrade at all going to Denver. If anything, this is, a, this is obviously a massive, massive upgrade for the Broncos themselves and the pass catchers. But in terms of, you know, Russell's, raw projections it's pretty much the same as last year i don't think we're gonna throw the ball a ton more than seattle did so this is more of a lateral move for wilson where it's you know he's elevating everybody around him um but it just in terms of passing and rushing production i have it relatively the same as last year how about you yeah he's uh like it's interesting that people would think this is an upgrade where you're going to like jerry judy who's been a constant um disappointment Cortland sutton who went from like amazing to injured to horrible in the span of like two years. Um, and, uh, and Tim Patrick, who's that dude, who's that, who's that dude, but I'm not and like, listen, I, I, I think Sutton rebounds. I think, I think Judy's a good player, but you know, there, there's some concerns that it's, it's not, you can't just take for granted that he's getting like an upgrade in supporting cast. Uh, right. The team is better, obviously, but um, yeah, it is a lateral move. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson is going to QB 10. I think this is where the market kind of doesn't know what to do. I'll say <laughs> this. I said the same thing, a similar thing in, in, in 2018, and it turned out really well. It was like once the like kind of shoe-ins were off the board and you started getting to like, I think it was like after the top eight that year were off the board. I was like, yeah. Patrick Mahomes needs to be the ninth one. I know we haven't seen him play all but one start at the time, but like it just needs to be Patrick Mahomes because like, Everyone else is just like, you could make a case for Russell Wilson QB 10. You could make a case for Russell Wilson QB 15. Like, you know, it was mm-hmm. the same thing in 2018. I forget the names, but that's how I feel about Trey Lance at this point. It's like, mm. after Hertz and Brady are off the board, it's like, why am I not just taking a, why am I not just going with Trey Lance? Who's going to run the ball and has Debo Samuel and George Kittle and, and, and I, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, why am I, why am I kind of guess which of Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford or Aaron Rodgers, even with, with no receivers is going to like pop in should be that like QB 10 instead of taking the guy that like could finish QB four in it. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. like that, that's how I feel about it at this point. So like that, I'm not really excited about Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't really have too much to say about him. It's like QB yeah. 10. That's fine. The rank it's fine. Maybe 11. Cause I would probably jump Lance ahead of everyone after Brady, but yeah, nothing that it's just, you know, like the difference between QB 10 and QB like 15 even is not, it's not that great. Especially if like, we talked about Derek Carr. If he has a great year with his supporting cast, which is better than Russ's, and they're both not running, there's not going to be a massive difference there either. Um, you know, obviously, Wilson is a much more efficient quarterback, has been, but that's my point. It's like that doesn't necessarily equate into a ton of more fantasy production per game. Wilson could end up in that streaming territory. Um, yeah, that's and you, you made a good point there where I think at this point, yeah, I, I think I would draft Trey Lance, but you don't have to because he goes way later, way later. But um, when it comes to just, we talk about this uh, at tight end once like the first seven or eight are off the board. Um, when you spend this much draft capital to lock in Russ Wilson, you're going to hang on to him also. Mm-hmm. He's going to be your starter every week, but there's going to be some weeks where depending on who the, who's on your waiver wire, it could be like a Derek Carr, or Kirk Cousins, a Tua or a Justin Fields. They're going to have weeks where they have a better matchup and they're projected higher than Russ Wilson. And you're stuck. You just have to start Russell Wilson um, where you could just, at that point, punt the QB position, wait later to get a Trey Lance who actually has the upside to be projected inside the top eight, no matter what the matchup is. 
So I agree. I think when you get in this range, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, um, it's it's you're better off just waiting as opposed to spending up spending enough draft capital where you're kind of like pigeonholing yourself into these guys to start every week when that might not be the best plan long term anyway. Yeah, I mean, and I will say this, you know, he, they should have some shootouts. I mean, they're in a division with the you know the Raiders, Chargers, and Chiefs. So like they they should have some shootouts, but yeah, the Chargers still have a good D. Um, you know, so it's like, it's tough to, to, to sell Wilson over just waiting for a guy like Trey Lance, same thing, Matthew Stafford at QB 11. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, it's not really much to say with him. I mean, I think, <laughs> I just think he's kind of, we know what we're going to get out of him. He's going to be a, he's going to be pretty efficient in that, in that offense with McVay, but he doesn't run. And so he could finish QB nine or 10. He could finish QB 14 or 15. It just depends who stays healthy. Um, and who has that like kind of spiked spiked year touchdown wise. So, I mean, any, any thoughts on, on Stafford beyond that? Yeah. I mean, I have no, uh, you know, really argument taking him QB 11 other than what I just laid out. But I, I think, you know, he loses Robert Woods and Odell Beckham, but he never had both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that Allen Robinson could be an upgrade over either one. Uh, obviously Robinson was a huge disappointment last season. You could blame that on just the Matt Nagy and the horrible offense itself. Uh, but he's turning 29 this year, so he still has a year or two of upside, um, so he could be an upgrade. Either way, Stafford's an okay pick. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of when I was talking about Tom Brady, the second season in an offense after spending his entire career somewhere similar to Peyton Manning. Uh, Stafford's kind of in the same boat. You know, he he has one season in this new offense under his belt. This year, he's going to have even more chemistry uh, with, with the players around him, with the scheme. So he could have an even better season, believe it or not. So I, I just think, I, I think a lot of people are just saying he's due for aggression. I don't know about that. Like he's more comfortable in this offense. We could see a better season. So I'm okay drafting him QB 11. That's not part of my plan necessarily, but um, certainly he does offer a high, really super high floor uh, QB 11. Yeah, I, I think he's still, just because of this non-rushing production, he's still an S-streamer. Yeah, uh, conversation yeah. for me and i mean jj made a really good point which i, I do think it's hard to argue he's not in, in 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 line for some regression just because 41 uh of the rams 51 offensive touchdowns were thrown by stafford um and that's just i mean that's over 80 percent. that's that's really hard to sustain mm-hmm. year over uh year over year so um you know i it's just again i, I just wouldn't draft him over trey lance um, and right. I think at this point, Aaron Rodgers, I would say the same thing. QB 12, 93rd overall. Listen, love Aaron proved, proved me wrong. Two straight MVP years. Um, but no Devonte Adams. That was a third, more than a third of his production was Devonte Adams and yep. Adams is gone. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins may not work out. That looks like Christian Watson's already on the PUP list. I mean, Man. I am really just not digging the situation and it just like, that combined with the fact that like you're not going to get rushing upside, and we've seen Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he's had the MVP years these last few years. That was you know Nathaniel Hackett was there. He's gone. He's the offensive coordinator. Adams is gone. We've also seen Rodgers have some very average you know pedestrian seasons, and that was even with Devontae yeah. Adams. So like I I can't make the argument you know to to draft Aaron Rodgers where he's you know even at QB twelve right. Uh, uh, I just think his upside's capped and obviously losing Devontae Adams hurts, but we have to remember he also lost Marquez Delta Scantling, who's this trusted <laughs> yes. deep threat. I mean, that does no, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me cut you off. What? Trust, trusted is, is a little strong. Trusted. Oh, absolutely. Is trusted. Trusted, on, trusted that, 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 that fluctuate. Anyone who's watched the Packers will know that's fluctuates. Like he trusts him, well, but deep, then he doesn't. You, and then he trusts him, and then he doesn't. You can't be a consistent <laughs> deep threat. That's the whole point. He's still but when, just when, Rogers, when Rogers is able to get the team to draw off sides and he just chucks yeah. the team, that's MVS. I don't know if he's going to have that with anybody, especially if Sammy Watkins is hurt all the time. Um, but I will say, after the con air uh, walk into training camp, I did bump his pass yards <laughs> up two yards again. Uh, I, I, that's so, fair. That is fair. He's, that he's, is fair. He was my QB 13. I was QB 12 <laughs> uh, from that walk up. But either way, we are absolutely drafting Trey Lance before him. Yeah. So I'll put it this way. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. Those, those should be, I think those are the top six. Brady should be seven. Uh, Burrow should be eight. Prescott, nine. 
Mm-hmm. And then Trey, and then we drafted Trey Lance. I have that a little was, different order, but the, we have the same strategy, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, Jalen I have Herbert. Hurts, I actually have Herbert second, Mahomes. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Trey Lance. I think those three guys. Yeah. Right. Those are the three guys to target. Yeah, we're just we're not we're not doing we're not doing Burrow and Prescott over Hurts. We're not doing we're Pres- investing. We're investing in their pass catchers, just not them. Specifically. Yeah, yeah. Like we're not yeah. the, where we differ from ADP is we're not doing Burrow and Prescott over Hurts and Brady. And <laughs> we're, not we're, not, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. it. And we're not doing <laughs> Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford or Aaron Rodgers over Trey Lane. We're just not. It just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense in terms of trying to win your league versus just trying right. to go with like a name who's you're comfortable. We're not with trying like, to finish second. Yeah. Here. We're not trying to finish second. We're trying to finish. So um, yeah, that that's, that's quarterbacks. That's between this episode. And like I said, uh, if you have not checked out our uh, late round quarterback episode with JJ Zacharyson, uh, it is great. It's up now. Um, be sure to check that out. We'll keep these coming all uh, preseason long. Um, you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me on Twitter at Chris. Raybon, you can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. Uh, go to actionnetwork.com. Our fantasy rankings for season long are up uh, with our projections as well. And uh, don't forget to leave us a review if you like the episode. We'll do another winner uh, on the uh, first episode of next week. We'll be hitting you with two episodes a week now, by the way, if you guys haven't noticed. So here's that. Let's get this money. <laughs>